My name is Susie. I have three children, the youngest of whom struggles with anxiety, depression, and suicidal ideation. I never thought this could happen to me, and I miss the signs. Being a parent is really hard, but I'm here to help. I'm talking to other parents and experts to help you with the struggles that your kids may face. I want you to know that you are not alone and there is hope. I'm not a physician, therapist, or counselor. I'm just a mom. I want to see you smile again, take away that pain in them clouds I keep covering up the sun. On today's episode of Just a Mom, I'm honored to have Shanna Burgess here. Uh, Shanna is with Johnson County Mental Health here in the Kansas City area. Shanna, thank you so much for being with me today on Just a Mom. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me and thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, Shanna has a lot of great information to share with parents who may have a child who's struggling or might in the future have a child who's struggling. Would you just tell us a little bit about your role with Johnson County Mental Health, mm-hmm. please? Yeah, sure. So I have been with Johnson County Mental Health Center for 13 years and have had the privilege to work um, in prevention. So thinking about prevention substance use prevention, suicide prevention, and mental health promotion. So thinking about all those different risk and protective factors in our community and systems and how we can really increase protection for kiddos and families throughout our community and find ways to decrease risk. And a lot of those things trickle over whether you're talking specifically about substance use, suicide prevention, or mental health promotion. A lot of different strategies. Okay. So what have you seen over the last 13 years, since you've been there for a little while, how have the mental health challenges amongst our youth and and 20-somethings changed over the years? Yeah. That's a really good question and a a lot to think about. I think, you know, one significant, um, really large difference that that I can state pretty clearly is the difference between um, how people are talking about it and being more transparent and open in relationship to mental health. Um, so when I when I first started, we probably did a lot more with substance use prevention and underage drinking. And mental health was a uh, a hard subject to think about how we might introduce in schools or, you know, thinking about through healthcare or law enforcement um, and all those different sectors and important segments of our community, even the the faith-based arena of how do we talk about mental health. And so that has changed significantly. Um, I think really that maybe the young people in our lives were the first to open up more about that, (laughs) Um, which maybe pushed or pulled whichever direction um, for some of the adults in their life. And then, you know, in our community, Zero Reasons Why for suicide prevention and mental health promotion has been really strong and that um, voice of telling stories in relationship to mental health. So I think, I think the more we talk about it, 
the more you're going to hear different versions of different stories and then the more people are going to relate or latch on and maybe feel comfortable sharing their own. So I guess, you know, circling back, what have we seen different? Um, As we are maybe decreasing the stigma and increasing the awareness around mental health, I do think more people are reaching out for help. Which is a really good thing. (laughs) It's a really good thing. Really good thing. Yeah. So in terms of Johnson County mental health, because you probably have access to a lot of numbers and, (laughs) and that kind of thing, statistics, what services are you as Johnson County Mental Health providing um, that's helping those people who are reaching out? Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing in in talking about numbers, I'm not going to be able to um, memorize and regurgitate all these numbers, but we've really noticed an increase in people reaching out to our 24-7 crisis line. And so does that mean you know, you could say, oh, more people need help or more people that already needed help are Mm -hmm. actually reaching out to get the help that maybe they need. And so that's something that I think is really significant in our community of seeing those numbers increase. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that's the person, the actual individual that is experiencing crisis or needs kind of that lifeline reaching out. Sometimes that's the parent that is calling Mm. and saying, I don't know what to do right now. And I'm in this experience. Uh, Sometimes it's law enforcement when they're Mm -hmm. out in the community, out in the field, and they're doing consult um, with mental health professionals of kind of what's our next best step. Or they're having the individual they're supporting uh, talking to that mental health professional on the other end of the line. So I think, you know, as far as services and where I've seen a pretty significant increase. And what I want to shout from the mountaintops is for anyone and everyone to use that crisis line, Mm -hmm. because it doesn't matter if it's two in the morning. Um, You don't have to determine, is it crisis enough for me to call? That's good. (laughs) Right? I think that's where people minimize. They're like, oh, you know, I'm not sure if I'm there yet. Mm -hmm. Once you're there, it's it's hard, <laughs> you know, no matter what. Right. Um, right. So encouraging people don't don't wait. Um, mm-hmm. Call the line, and um, we've seen an increase. And honestly, I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, people know that we're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, people trust us to reach out, and people are going to use that to try to get what they need in the moment mm-hmm. to prevent some of those higher level crisis needs. I wish I had known about that mm-hmm. a little over five years ago yeah. when our crisis started because yeah. I had no idea that yeah. Johnson County Mental Health even existed and what I've learned in the last right. five years. So, uh, and I do think, and maybe it's because I'm in this mental health world myself, yeah. but I do think that you guys are doing a great job of getting the word out yeah. about the, the crisis line. When someone calls... Who Mm -hmm. is it that they talk to? Yeah, so they're talking to a 
Johnson County Mental Health Center staff person uh, talking to someone in their own community. That makes a difference, too. You know, it's great to talk to that subject matter expert that knows mental health or is trained or has this degree. It's also good to talk to someone in your community that knows the resources, that knows maybe um, some of the services and supports even beyond who, who you're calling. And so that professional then has access to our system. So, you know, has this person called before? What mm. are the things that work for them? You know, that's that's something, hey, you know, last time you called, you said that when you're feeling like this, taking a walk is a really good strategy. Have you tried taking a walk? You know, they can go through uh, the different things that that they know maybe um, has worked for that person. So we have mental health professionals here in the community that are on the other end of that line. And mm. that works really well for people. Mm-hmm. That is all such good information to have. And tell me how the Johnson County crisis hotline differs from the 1-800-SUICIDE-PREVENTION-LIFELINE, which will be 988 here in a few days. Yeah, very soon. Very soon. So tell me a little bit about the differentiation of the two. Yeah, I'm going to try to say this in the least complicated way. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see how that works out. It's going to be great. (laughs) Um, So the mental health center has had a crisis line for 30 plus years. That has been there and that will remain. Um, Concurrently with that, there has been a national number, um, and that national number historically um, has been answered to different uh, different lifeline sites throughout the community. So here in our community, a lot of those um, were routing through headquarters, which is in Lawrence, so that they're answering those phone calls um, for Kansas, uh, you know, people. So try to get it to the closest mental health professional that's one of those sites. Um, but the exciting thing is Johnson County Mental Health Center became one of those sites. Oh. Yeah, not too long ago. So reality is, if you call the 1-800 number or once it changes and, you know, it's transitioning right now to 988, there's a very good chance if you're calling from a Johnson County number that you're going to get to Johnson County Mental Health Center. So again, someone in the community, uh, someone that knows the resources, and maybe even someone you're comfortable with because uh, you're familiar with Johnson County Mental Health Center. That is outstanding. Right? <laughs> I, I, I'm truly like, that is really great. It, it feels really good. And, you know, I, I want people to call the easiest number, the mm-hmm. most comfortable place, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that is, whatever works for you, mm-hmm. um, stick with it, right? <laughs> call Absolutely. it. Um, so 988, um, it will get you no matter where you're calling from physically, right? I could be a Johnson County resident in Florida and mm-hmm, calling mm-hmm. Um, or what your area code is. You know, you're going to get to someone on the other end of the line in real time to kind of triage and talk to mm-hmm. uh, of what your current needs are. And, you know, we get to be one of those centers. And so um, you might get to us and I feel really confident with uh, with the people and the support that's provided on the other end. 
Well, that is spectacular. I, I couldn't agree more, and I didn't know that. So yeah. that's, that's really exciting news There's for sure. so much to celebrate um, with, with 988. Let's yes. make that easy. Let's make yes. that accessible. <laughs> let's make yes. that comfortable. Yes. Um, and with the mental health center being able to be there, you know, whether it's calling our number or calling the national number mm-hmm. uh, to meet the needs of as many people as possible in our community. So if you do not live in Johnson County, Kansas right yeah. now, and you're listening to this, say you live in Missouri or you live yeah. in you know Georgia, and you're listening right. to this thinking, I wonder if my county has right. a mental health center like Johnson County. Yeah. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So thinking about the place that you're in. So that's the glory of 988 too, right? So that's an easy, it doesn't matter um, where we live, where you live, um, where I physically am. I can call that number from a cell phone, from a landline, if they have pay phones anymore. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, I can call from my computer, (laughs) Mm -hmm. maybe more likely. Um, So that's the glory of that, of 988 Universal. Call the number. You're going to get a a mental health professional in real time. Um, You know, I would really encourage people to explore the resources in their community, though, right? So um, that is the good thing about being connected to the Community Mental Health Center close to where you live because yes, I um, can call and get what I need from someone on the other end of the line that that lives in a, a different community. But I also, you know, for that ongoing support, um, we usually coach people to reach out to their resources in their local community. So if someone calls the Johnson County Mental Health Center crisis line and they don't live in Johnson County, we're still going to talk them through that, Mm -hmm. walk them through that, give them whatever we can. And, you know, we're going to encourage them to connect to the resources in their community because that is what's going to be there for them. That's what's going to work. That's um, what's available to them. And we want them to get connected there. So we're going to help. Mm-hmm. And and so so explore that in your community. And hopefully, you know, best case scenario, you explore that before you're in the midst of needing it urgently. Absolutely. And I certainly <laughs> wish that I had done that and I hadn't. So. It's, it's easy for me to say, um, harder for it, you know, whatever our individual or family uh, situation is, it's a lot easier uh, to say than maybe to do or after we've mm-hmm. experienced something. Sure. Looking back and saying, oh, I wish I would have. Sure. Hindsight's <laughs> always twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah. So going back to the community health center in terms of, you know, the entire United States. Yeah. So every county or every community has their own community mental health center. Yeah. So um, thinking about like the the state of Kansas, every county is connected to a community mental health center. In Johnson County, we're a one-on-one match, right? We're a huge community. And so we have one mental health center. Um, There are mental health centers in um, maybe Western Kansas that cover many different mm-hmm. counties. And so again, kind of exploring your state and your county of how that system is set up. And okay, I live in this city, in this county, within this state, and what are my mental health resources? And again, that's hard even mm-hmm. to, um, you know, it seems simple. 
um, hey, figure that out. But sometimes it's not. So then I might think of what's a system that I am familiar with. So, okay, I have a primary care doctor. Um, maybe I can ask my primary care doctor, hey, what's the mental health system look like here? If I need this kind of help, where do I go? Or I'm connected to a school system. So whether I'm in school or I have kiddos in school, hey, um, social worker, or counselor, I'm really interested in exploring mental health services. What does that look like in our community? So even if it's overwhelming to kind of do it on your own, starting from scratch of exploring that, I would say connect with the system and sometimes healthcare, um, you know, that primary care route is something we're connected to or um, perhaps a school system or your faith community. Mm-hmm. You know, you can certainly reach out. Those are maybe one of the uh, couple places that you could start to say, I need some help. What does it look mm. like here? And I bet someone's going to step up who will be very um, open to um, helping you take that next step in exploring. And those are great suggestions because I've had many parents in here in the seat that you're sitting in saying, I didn't know where to go. Yes. I wasn't sure who to call. When my child was struggling or when it became evident that this was happening. And so those are three really great kind of springboard places to start. What would you tell people about uh, the Johnson County Mental Health Center as well as other county or state Mm -hmm. uh, mental health um, services in terms of cost? Because Mm -hmm. as you and I probably both know there's a huge discrepancy in terms of yes. what is covered by insurance or if you don't have insurance and the cost of, mm-hmm. of psychiatric care or individual therapy is, is incredible. Yes. So talk, would you talk a little bit about that? With- yeah, yeah. So for the, the Community Mental Health Center, that's where, you know, first thing of talking about ourselves as kind of that open door. So I I can go into the Community Mental Health Center and talk to someone and determine whether it's a good fit for me to get services there at the Mental Health Center or if it's a better fit for me to go get services elsewhere within the community. Um, If I'm going back out into the community to get services, that person that's talked to me can help liaison that. So so again, take the the Google out of it, right? Mm. (laughs) Of like, where do I go next? (laughs) Google's great and (laughs) overwhelming. So, you know, what, what is that next step if it's not with the mental health center? If that next step is connecting um, with the mental health center, then thinking about um, taking away cost as a barrier or an issue. Um, So in relationship to kind of those sliding scales of um, people being able to pay what makes sense for them to Mm -hmm. pay and not... um, steer away from services because cost is an issue. And that is a a real, real thing of figuring out how to prioritize. Um, You know, if if cost was off the table, I don't know how people would treat, you know, how much they invested their their time and resources um, into mental health care. Um, but it is there is a great uh, disparity mm-hmm. between 
cost, like insurance coverage mm-hmm. for physical health care um, mm-hmm. and mental health care. Yes. You've, you've hit it <laughs> right on the head. There. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. So the, the clear message is um, don't let costs be a barrier. Um, easy for me to say, but get connected to that community mental health center and um, let them help you explore of either, hey, this is what's going to work for me and I can get services here or, hey, this is a way for me to get connected in the community. And then here's some supports for uh, here's a place that can help pay for medication or here's a place, here's a lower cost uh, therapy option where maybe you go and you see a student versus someone who's been practicing for 30 years. You know, Mm -hmm. there's there's options. Um, and so being able to take that step and helps, uh, someone explore those options Mm -hmm. with you to find what works. That's really good advice. Um, because I think I've heard, I don't think I have heard (laughs) several parents say, I just didn't want to make the call before things got bad because it's so expensive. Yeah. And you know, if, uh. <laughs> if we could get to the point where it's like a well child check yep. yeah, that, oh, we're going to have our mental health checkup yeah. once or twice a year and it's 100% covered, then mm. maybe we could avoid some of these crisis type situations where yes. we as parents, myself included, don't make the call until it is at a crisis point. Right. right. I think. That's an amazing point that that people need to hear. And I think of it even, you can think of it like a car. Like we pay for oil changes, right? We invest in preventative measures. Mm-hmm. We're going to change the oil. We're going to, I'm not a car mm-hmm. person, so that's the only example I can give you. Me either. So <laughs> like yeah. some other like uh, windshield wiper fluid or something. But um, we do this on a routine basis um, in a preventative way because we know that's what's going to fuel that for long lasting, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you think for the long run, mm-hmm. this is how I'm going to take care of myself, or this is how I'm going to take care of my car mm-hmm. um, in order for it to last in the most um, effective way possible mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. what it is. Without big problems. Uh, yes. So we don't, I don't wait until my mm. engine explodes. Mm-hmm. Um I go get oil change mm-hmm. um, as often as I can. <laughs> sure. That's, that's really <laughs> good. That's a good analogy. So just thinking about, you know, you shared just like the, the well visit or you think of it for dental health, right? Mm. I go and get mm-hmm. my teeth cleaned um, on an ongoing basis so that I actually save money in the future for right. more um, significant cost or pain or time or whatever that is. Mm. Yeah. So however you need to think about it. And again, I'm not minimizing that real time cost because it is a significant cost. And if we can think about it for a lifetime, Mm. you know, that's something that you want to invest in in uh, as little segments as possible Mm -hmm. uh, to help maybe prevent one of those big segments. That's excellent advice. (laughs) Um, so in terms of availability, that's another thing. The mm-hmm. last couple of years in particular, ha- I have heard story after story after story of uh, a parent saying, I had a child who was really struggling. I could not 
get this child into a therapist because yeah. everyone I called was full. Yeah. Is, is that the case at the Johnson County Mental Health Center right now? Or is, are there um, openings available? What What is your uh, knowledge on that? Yeah, end of the thing. Yeah, and that's a that's a real time. And again, that's something important for people to hear. That sometimes it takes a little while, and there's things to navigate at the community mental health center. We're gonna get you connected to someone within the time frame that that you need. We're gonna mm-hmm. figure that out. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not having our own ongoing. You know, <laughs> um, we have job openings, mm-hmm. and it's it's hard to get applicants and recruit right now. And this is an industry um, that we need more workers yes. as as people need and have more mental health concerns. Um, so, as far as the mental, the community mental health center side, you know, we're we're the safety net. We're there for you. We're mm-hmm. going to make it happen. Um, and then thinking about in the community for private practices, that is another selling point of let's not wait until it's needed immediately right now for crisis. You know, um, hey, things are starting to bubble up or I'm not sure if we're going to need this in the future. So let's get established somewhere and um, okay, I'll go to therapy once a month. And then I'm connected to that person. And then when I need it once a week, hopefully, you know, it'll be easier for them to transition that or when I need it several times a week, mm-hmm. um, I'm already established. And again, if we want to go back to, to healthcare, you know, if you don't have a primary care doctor, and something happens with your physical health, that's hard to navigate too. Sure. Um, and then when you have that healthcare provider that you're already established with, you know, hopefully that's a little more workable and you have someone to outreach that can help walk alongside of you, whether it's them or, or someone else. So I keep going back to don't wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't okay. wait. Um, don't analyze. Um, you don't have to make the decision. Is it bad enough? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're calling the crisis line, whether you're walking in, um, whether you're exploring therapy in, in the community, you just get to reach out to a professional and say, this is where we're at. What do you mm-hmm. think? <laughs> I really, wait. I really appreciate that. Is it bad enough? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the, like mm. uh, when I call 911, <laughs> um, I don't have to have in my head what their response is going to be. I don't need to know, are they going to send police, fire, ambulance? Mm -hmm. I call and I say, this is what's going on and I need help. And so I think, again, translating that to to mental health, I don't have to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. I don't have to know, is it bad enough? Mm -hmm. I call the professional on the other end of the line. I walk into the office um, that has experts that deal with this day in and day out and they get to decide. Uh, I mean, I still get to decide what's sure. the next step, but they get to nudge me or support me or kind of share what the next direction could be. So don't wait. Excellent. <laughs> in terms of the last two and a half years, yeah, and our oh. wonderful friend COVID, right? How do you feel like that has impacted? mental health, particularly, again, amongst this younger population. Right. 
I, I mean, I could sit here with eyes wide open trying to figure out how I'm going to answer that mm. question. So let's let's start with the good. OK, okay. Um, over the time period of covid, we he- have heard people talk about mental health more openly. Right. So even if mm-hmm. it's, hey, I'm really struggling because I I'm not leaving the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's real. Like yep. that's a real thing. Um, hey, I'm really struggling because the people that were my lifelines I don't see every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it. so people are talking about it. As I mentioned earlier, um, the outreaches to our crisis line have increased, and so again, kind of that openness of saying. I need some help right now. I think people felt more open to say that during COVID. I mm-hmm. need some help right now because we all needed help. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so people felt more comfortable with that. Now, um, also, maybe people um, had a little time to reflect on what works for them or their preferences or what's most important to them. Um, so, when you think about who are the people that I, I want kind of in my, my pod or my people or, mm-hmm. or who, you know, that provided a layer. Um, how much do I like going out and doing things and being busy or being around people? And how much am I OK with um, hunky? people? I think kind of found their preferences or um, realized what they like and what they don't like rather than just be in the monotony of day in and day out. This is my groundhog day. Mm-hmm. Um, so our world got flipped upside down and we had to figure things out and be resilient together, I guess. Um, you know, of, of the downfall, so many things, you know, mm. so many things just, um, were curveballs for us, Um, whether that was individuals' work, whether that was relationships, whether that was schooling. um, I feel like probably most uh, domains of someone's life were strained. And then all of that, you know, sometimes we have one at a time. So work isn't going so good, but I have regular home life, school life, relationships, or relationships aren't going good, but I have this and this and this. Um, it might have hit a lot of individuals and a lot of families all at once. And, you know, we we all struggled in different ways. And then I'll also say we all were very resilient and found those um, glimmers and important pieces of our life. And hopefully that will carry on um, in the future as as everything shifts back and we tell stories Um, you know, for me personally, I think about how am I going to, how do you describe this to your grandchildren, Mm -hmm. you know, however long after and what will my frame of the storytelling be? Um, Mm. you know, I get to look back and think about the moments that were really, um, cup filling or impactful to me of how I reached out to friends in different way or how our family hunkered in and had some good family time. Um, alongside of, you know, all the other tragedy in relationship to um, death or loss of life, um, jobs and financial strains, relational uh, strains. But I I really do feel like um, we're all able to share some of those um, happy stories Mm. alongside of the struggle as well. Mm. 
good. What are some things that you would tell parents to really be looking for in their kids so that they aren't making that decision of, is it bad enough? <laughs> right, that bad enough. Um, what to look for? Uh, trust your gut, right? And um, when you're in the midst of something, whether it's you or your family, um, you're wrapped up in it. You can't look at it from afar. And when you trust your gut and you're like, okay, something's a little off here, um, someone from the outside can probably have a different lens or a different perspective um, to help identify that for you. So I think trust your gut when things are different. Um Sometimes noticing the the differences uh, between whether it's your kiddo and someone else or you and someone else, um, not feeling comfortable with certain things that are happening. Um, you know, there's so many and, and really for individuals, a change in behavior. Sometimes that's sleeping more. Sometimes that's sleeping less. Sometimes that's disconnecting or connecting in different ways. And so there are so many um, signs and symptoms. So what what I would say is you don't have to memorize those. You trust your gut and you reach out and let someone on the other end of that outreach be able to help guide you um, rather than worrying, is it bad enough? Or mm -hmm. what is the timing to make this happen? Um, reach out. And then you have that that service or that support that can guide you to the next step. And then on the flip side, say you're, we've got a parent who's listening who has toddlers yeah. and thinks, oh, this is this doesn't apply to me. <laughs> <laughs> and we both laugh. Right. Like, oh, right. Uh, yeah. Yes. But parenting wise. What are some of those things that we can do when our children are really young yeah. to make them resilient, to help them grow emotionally, yeah. mental health wise, the same way we ensure their physical growth? Yeah. Ooh, that's a lot. Okay. So it is a lot. So littles, people that have littles, right? Um, and does this mental health conversation impact me? There are things that people notice when children are very, very young. Um, usually those conversations are probably happening with a pediatrician or primary care who maybe is guiding you saying, oh, developmentally, you know, everyone's a little different. You might notice this. Oh, I could do this. Again, trust your gut. Push when you need to. Um, go talk to someone else if you're not getting the the answers uh, that that you really feel um, are right or are important. Um, what can you do to support mental health? Um, I think it's all about relationships, right? So um, physical safety, emotional safety. How can I show that I am a, a safe person? Um, and then that grows as individuals grow. So if I can be that safe person, both physically and emotionally, um, to my kiddo or my loved one at three years old, how does that translate to 13 year old? <laughs> or how does that translate to to 23? Um, so having those conversations, you know, at that age, about feelings, 
um, then translates to a different conversation about feelings at 13 and then at, at 23. So, you know, age appropriate conversations about emotions um, I think are are really good. And then one that that I'll say, and I'm curious of just kind of um, transparency with we all make mistakes. As, yes. just, <laughs> as parents, I think, you know, we can mm. introduce that at a very young age or, you know, sharing our own emotions of I, I'm not feeling my best right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, explaining that whether it's physical or mentally, mm-hmm. I'm not feeling my best and and modeling that talking about our own feelings and um, some transparency with I make mistakes, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's really good because I I mean, I think back to when my kids were little and I don't think I know I didn't do that. <laughs> no, I do. And and I'm so glad that we're starting to realize now like, OK, at a really young age, you need to start attaching words to feelings yeah. and talking through that with with young kids and not just wanting to correct the behavior. Oh, yeah. 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 And I think that's a shift. Yeah. Yeah. We're focused on that. And again, short term versus long term. Mm -hmm. So short term. And, you know, when things escalate, um, I'm maybe not at my best in parenting. Mm -hmm. And so in the short term, I'm going to help my kiddo feel safe, Mm -hmm. um, physically safe, emotionally Mm -hmm. safe. Mm -hmm. Um, In the long term, I'm going to have that conversation when we're both de-escalated mm-hmm. and I can do my best at relaying that and the receiver of that information can also do their best in understanding that. And I think that's where, you know, that parenting in the moment um, versus when's the best time to really dive into this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, is it right now um, or how do I create safety mm-hmm. for all? right now and then figure out how to layer on values expectations um before something like that happens and after something like that happens but in the middle of it um you know sometimes that doesn't go over well mm-hmm. so, <laughs> so taking a step back and saying it's okay if we're gonna just de-escalate a little bit yeah. and we'll come back when we're both a little more calm and yeah yeah, think about that from a toddler perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, they're crying, they're tantruming, you're holding them, you're saying soothing words, you're doing what you can in the moment. I take that to a teenager. Mm-hmm. They may or may not be crying, they may be yelling, they might be throwing things, they might be whatever in the moment. You know, whether they need touch or they don't, which some would and some wouldn't, uh, a lot of times needing that space. But what can I do in the moment um, for physical safety and mental safety, emotional safety? And then how do we revisit that when we're at a place to, to have a discussion? So kind of thinking, I mean, it is kind of good to think about that in infant or toddler stages of, of how we played that role and then how we want to play that role in teenage years and and beyond that is absolutely some really really good some really good pointers for parents of of any age child what would you say um, in closing Mm -hmm. um, if there's any last parting nuggets that you have 
or anything we didn't hit on that you would really like to to emphasize to parents? Yeah. Actually, I'll bring it back to a stat that I haven't mentioned yet. But um, what they found is that there is a 10-year gap between when individuals experience some mental health symptoms and when they get connected to treatment. Yeah. If people could wow. see your face right now. <laughs> if but this was I'm, yeah. I'm applying it to the per, my personal yeah. situation, and I'm thinking, yeah, that, okay, I, I believe that. Right. Wow. Ten years. Mm. So if we take that with everything that we've talked about to this point of, uh, am I going to decide or triage when it's bad enough mm. to make that call, to connect with that service, to disclose information to the right professional. Um, don't wait. Mm. Um, and we've talked about the barriers of, you know, even when I do that outreach, it might be that I have to wait a little bit to get connected, you know, um, to the right provider. They might have, you know, might take a couple months or a couple years to get into some of the specialists. Um, and so that reemphasizes, I think, what, what we've both, um, we're both very aware of and we've mm -hmm. both been responding to probably this whole conversation of, of don't wait. Um, and, uh, you know, it doesn't always come in like a freight train, but when you're looking back, hey, that was different or hey, we, we struggled with that and or, gosh, I felt different than different other families. Or, you know, I knew something was wrong and I didn't know where to go with it. And so I think there it is. Mm -hmm. Ten years, let's narrow the gap. What wow. does our world look like if it's one year later versus mm -hmm. ten years later? Um, how do we have healthy, happy individuals, families, communities if we we close that gap. Mm -hmm. um, if I had heart problems and I waited 10 years, um, I might be dead mm -hmm. before I got the mm -hmm. help that we need. Mm -hmm. And that can translate to mental health Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. So whatever it takes to um, think of different analogies or compare physical health to, to mental health or think about how I would treat this situation versus that, um, just just hear the message of whether it's 988 and you're like, OK, I'm going to program that number in right now, because even though it's three digits, if I'm in the height of a crisis, mm -hmm. I might not be able to remember those three digits mm -hmm. or I'm going to you know, maybe we're not there yet, but I'm going to ask my kiddos school counselor, hey, you know, what do parents use in our community when they need mental health care? Or I'm going to ask my pediatrician, hey, I have a little toddler but I'm really concerned with both physical and mental health. So what are the things that you ask about or what are the things that I should be aware of or be watching for? Use use your networks that you are comfortable with. Um, start exploring what's in your community. And at the very least, we've you know provided that 988. Um, mm -hmm. Use it anytime, anywhere, 2 a.m., 2 in the afternoon, whatever it is. And... Um, don't worry about what's next or is it bad enough? Just mm -hmm. call. <laughs> Great words from our guest, Shanna Burgess, today. 
Thank you again so much for, for your time and your expertise. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And I hope we can, we can reach a lot of people um, through your uh, podcast and your project. So I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. If you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts or ideation, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 988. I want to see you smile again, take away that pain in them clouds that keep covering up the sun. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please share this with your friends and anyone you think may find these interviews helpful. Thanks again for listening to Just a Mom.